Welcome to week 14 of the Process Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Playoffs. So this is a podcast where every week I will be breaking down the slate of NFL games and I'm going to suggest to you players that I am attacking or avoiding in fantasy football for this week. Uh, it becomes even more important this week as most people are now entering their fantasy playoffs where it's winner go home. Hopefully you made the playoffs. Even if you didn't, I really suggest you keep going. Uh, try to win that consolation bracket. Uh, stay tuned because a lot of stuff that happens in the next three, even four weeks, will have some impact on next year and will make you a better fantasy football player. But what I'm focusing on this week is trying to give you information uh, that's going to be useful for your start and sit decisions. Maybe you're still streaming into the playoffs. That's always a good thing. Maybe you're still playing the waiver wire. Uh, probably not making any trades at this point unless you're a dynasty player and I don't really touch on dynasty very much. Uh, and there's always DFS lineups. So hopefully we can give you some good DFS information as well. My name is Aaron Larson. I didn't mention that earlier. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AA Larson and you can find the show on Twitter at the process FFP. Uh, before I hop into week 14, I always like to take a, take a look back at the previous week. So let's see how we did in week 13. So, how did we do? So, week 13, starting out with the attacks, and we started off rough at the top, but stick with me, it gets better. Uh, quarterback attacks. My favorite quarterback to stream last week was Nick Foles. I was all in on Foles. I started him in several leagues over some better players, such as Josh Allen. And Foles finished as the quarterback 39. That's the worst starting quarterback of the week. Negative points in a lot of formats. Tampa Bay matchup didn't matter. So that was not ideal. Um, and then I said Kyler Murray, and he didn't do great. Quarterback 20 on the week, so not what you want. But the other two guys I mentioned, Mitch Trubisky uh, on Thanksgiving Day against the Lions, finished as quarterback 7. And I said I was going to keep playing Kyle Allen, and he finished as quarterback 9 on the week, even though they lost to Washington. Uh, Carolina, that is, lost to Washington with Kyle Allen. Quarterbacks, mixed bay, kind of rough. Running back attacks, though, um, Todd Gurley finished as the running back eight on the week, and Darius Geis finished as the running back two, and Miles Sanders finished as the running back six. So those were three suggestions that all paid off. Even my fourth suggestion, uh, Benny Snell, running back 21 against the Browns. So not a, a, uh, not a matchup winner, but top 24, so a running back two. We'll take that. Uh, wide receivers were good. I suggested Alshon Jeffrey, and he was wide receiver two on the week. And then I said the Rams wide receivers at the Cardinals. And I said, I like, in this order of Cup, Woods, and then Cook, Cup was definitely serviceable. Uh, got in the end zone, wide receiver 16. And then Woods, uh, wide receiver four without a touchdown somehow. Uh, tons of targets, lots of yardage as well. Brandon Cook's not so much wide receiver 75, but he was my third of the three, so I'll take it. Tyrell Williams, not good. Um, wide receiver 97 on the week, so that was my miss in the receivers. Um, tight ends for attacking. I said that if Everett was out, Gerald Everett, that is, if he was out, that you could play Tyler Higby against the Cardinals because it's the Cardinals, and lo and behold, he finished as the tight end one on the week. So chalk that up in the win column. And I also mentioned Darren Waller, especially with Renfro out against the Chiefs. And he finishes the tight end five, his best performance in a while. So we'll take that. 
the defense was a swing and a miss because I thought the Eagles would be, would be a good play against Miami. Not the case. They finished as the DST 28. So those are the attacks. More good than bad, but the bads are pretty bad. The avoids on the week. The quarterback avoids are pretty good. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had been uh, on fire, but he finished as the quarterback 19. So that was a good call. And Andy Dalton in his return, quarterback 20. So that was a good call to avoid those guys. Carlos Hyde, maybe this was the low-hanging fruit against the Patriots, but I said it anyways, and he finished as the running back 59 on the week. Tevin Coleman finished as the running back 63, and Jalen Samuels finished as the running back 40. So hopefully you did avoid all three of those guys. Kenny Galladay, I've been anti-Galladay for several weeks in a row now, and he came back to bite me this week, finished as the wide receiver three, had that Big catch early in the game on Thanksgiving from David Plow. Um, so, yeah, and Keenan Allen, he took advantage, or he uh, actually capitalized on that tough matchup. Finished as the wide receiver 15, and then Dallas Goddard. Um, so, suggested him as an avoid early in the week when uh, I did not know that Zach Ertz was dealing with an injury. Not sure if that made a difference or not, but I'll, I'll take the cop out and say that's the problem. Uh, he finished as a tight end 12 on the week, so he was good. No need to avoid him. Not that that's great by any means for tight ends, but no need no need to have avoided him. Uh, Patriots defense, though, I feel good about that one. I said avoid or at least temper, and they were the DSE 25. So overall, the avoids were good, except for maybe the receivers and Goddard's kind of borderline. But feel pretty good overall about week 13. And with that said, let's move on to week 14 and the playoffs. It's a week 14 landscape. We start off on Thursday night with the Cowboys at the Bears. Um, Primetime games. Sunday night, we have the Seahawks at Rams. Monday night, Giants at Eagles. Um, I usually give the highest over-under but there's and the lowest over-under. But there's a lot of uh, balance this week. Most of the over-unders are somewhere between 48 and 42. Or 42 and 48, I guess, if you want to go that way. Um, Except for the Bengals at Browns, which is only having a over-under of 40, or expected points of 40. That's with the Browns favored by 8.5. So not a lot of uh, offensive uh, output expected from Cincinnati. A uh, couple of big blowouts expected on the slate, though. The Vikings are 13.5 point home favorites, and the Packers are 13 point home favorites. So those are two things you might want to keep in mind. Um, one of the higher over-unders that's expected to be rather, um, excuse me, relatively close. Um, the Seahawks are one and a half point road favorites against the Rams with a over-under of 48. So keep that in mind. Also, we are now officially in December. So keep an eye on the weather um, heading into Sunday. But also, don't overreact. Um, personally, I uh, it was a DFS lineup, a couple of DFS lineups. I pulled Devontae Adams out last week after the weather report. So early Sunday, took him out. And I regretted that because he had a great game in the snow. So it, it makes a difference. And look at the uh, the Baltimore and the San Francisco game. It was in a rainstorm, and there were still good fantasy performances there. So, yeah, it matters. But don't overreact. That's my tip of the week, I guess. But, okay, that's all been said. Let's get on and start making some recommendations. Attack! These are the players that I'm attacking in week one of the fantasy playoffs. 
And uh, there's a lot of them this week, so I'm going to try to keep it keep it under 30 minutes still. We'll see how this goes. Starting at the quarterback position, and I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Ryan Fitzmagic, uh, not only for this week, but for the entire stretch of the fantasy playoffs. But this week, he has a matchup in New York against the Jets. Um, and he's been great the past two weeks. Uh, they've both been good matchups, relatively good against the Browns and the Eagles. And he finished as quarterback seven and quarterback three in the past two weeks. Uh, back in week nine, when the Dolphins played the Jets, he put up 288 yards and two touchdowns. Um, in the last four weeks, he even has two rushing touchdowns, which is more than any Dolphins running back or any Dolphins player. Uh, the two running backs that have scored in the past four weeks, Kalen Balaj, he's on IR. Patrick Laird had one last week, uh, and he has not been great. So Fitzpatrick, I think you can trust him uh, as a pretty good streamer and a very solid option this week. Um, moving on, I am okay with staying in the Kyle Allen Flames, which is weird to say, but he was quarterback six two weeks ago and quarterback nine last week. Uh, he did do pretty awful against Atlanta three weeks ago, which is where he plays this week. So I get it if you don't want to go back to it. But if you are desperate or in a two-quarterback league, I think he is just fine. Um, and then I want to mention, I will add Gardner, Min- Ooh, Gardner Minshew. Now that Foles has been benched because he was terrible last week and had negative points. And I'm past that. Um, Gardner Minshew, maybe you don't play him this week. I think you can if you're desperate. Not a great matchup against the Chargers, but the next two weeks he has Oakland and Atlanta, which are pretty good matchups for quarterbacks. So I think you can add him, maybe play him later down the down the road um, with some solid matchups. Running backs. My number one running back that I'm attacking, and I did not think I would be saying this this year, but it's Devontae Freeman, uh, the Atlanta Falcons running back playing against Carolina. He was out for a couple weeks. And he came back last week on Thanksgiving. And you might not have noticed because it was not a great performance by him. But he played 67% of the snaps. He had 17 carries. That alone was his second highest carry total of the season. He had four catches, only 64 total yards, um, which isn't great. But he looked healthy. And he ran hard behind um, a okay, not great, okay, kind of bad offensive line which was bad against the Saints defense. Saints defense is pretty tough. But he plays the Panthers this week. The Panthers just got gashed by Washington for 248 yards and three touchdowns on the ground, uh, mainly to Adrian Peterson and, and Darius Geis. They gave up the most fantasy points on average allowed to running backs. So I think Devontae Freeman could be a sneaky, great start this week. Uh, then I'm going to go to Sony Michelle, Patriots running back uh, against the Chiefs at home. Okay, this is a little bit of a, a narrative-driven take here. But the Patriots, they're now chasing Baltimore for home field advantage in the AFC. So I think against the Chiefs, they want to take the air out of the ball a little bit and run the ball and possess it against that, how, that high-powered Kansas City offense. And plus, Kansas City gives up the second-most uh, fantasy points on average to running backs. And they are just barely behind the Panthers who I just mentioned. And then let's just rewind a bit to a little less than a year ago, AFC divisional playoffs, Sony Michelle against the Kansas city chiefs. 
had 29 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns in that game. So I think you could see a similar performance. I'm not going to bank on that, but it could be similar. And even with the other running backs involved in that game, in the divisional playoff game, um, James White had 23 yards rushing and 49 yards receiving. Rex Burkhead had 41 yards rushing and 23 uh, yards receiving. It was a, a shootout game. Anybody that remembers it, it was a great game. But Sony Michelle was definitely the workhorse, workhorse in that game. I think we could see something similar. Um, okay, so next one. Alexander Madison, running back for the Vikings against Detroit. So obviously, if Cook is ruled out, Delvin Cook hurt his shoulder or collar, bone on a Monday night. I think it was a shoulder is what they finally diagnosed it at. Um, yeah, if he's out, obviously Madison's a smash play. But even if Cook plays and he says he's going to play, he says it's like a pain tolerance issue. But even if Cook plays, I still think that Madison's okay. First of all, Cook looked like he was in an awful lot of pain writhing around on the ground on Monday night. Um, so they could, the Vikings, that is, the Vikings could easily try to spell him a little bit more, get Madison more involved, uh, keep Cook, you know, fresh or try to keep him healthy. Maybe it's a 50 50 split. Maybe it's more. Plus, the Vikings are massive home favorites, like I mentioned earlier. They could get up early and then pull Cook out of the game to prevent any sort of re-aggravation. And then you have Alexander Madison in there to salt the game away. And maybe that's not the case. Well, you know what? Alexander Madison, he is good. He's averaging 4.8 yards per carry on the season, which, okay, yards per carry is not the best stat in the world. But he's also been a good pass catcher. And again, small sample size. But he has caught 8 of his 10 targets on the season in the limited role. But... Rewind just to Monday night uh, after Cook went out. Madison caught four passes uh, out of five targets for 51 yards. So there's a lot of roads to Alexander Madison having a good week. And I think the reward out, outweighs the risk for him. I think you can play him with or without Cook. I think Madison is a fine play. On to wide receivers. And... This was kind of slipping under the radar, and after I was looking at some air yards and some other data, uh, Mike Williams, the Chargers receiver, has, I think, a, a chance to just blow up this week, hopefully, and if not this week, it's got to be soon. He has a 17.6-yard average depth of target, which is just fantastic. But what's even more impressive is he has uh, 1,214 air yards on the season, Without a touchdown yet. That is by far the most air yards without a touchdown. The next closest is Robert Woods at 831. So almost 400 yards behind. And then and that's kind of crazy all in and of itself. If you uh, follow any of my work with the fantasy footballers, I do a target report. And I mentioned that Robert Woods is definitely due for some positive regression. But so is Mike Williams. Uh, and he hasn't been bad. I, I feel like there's this narrative out there that Mike Williams has been bad, and he really hasn't been. Um, he just hasn't gotten in the end zone. But he's got uh, 6.3 targets, 3.5 catches per game. He's averaging 70 yards per game. He's averaging 20.5 yards per catch. That is the number one in the NFL. So all these numbers are there just saying he's got to break out at some point. 
And then he plays the Jaguars this week, who are just the middle of the class or uh, middle of the road, middle third tier of the NFL in fantasy points allowed to receivers. And they have other options. They have Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. So it's not like they can focus on Mike Williams. And also, all those weapons make me wonder, how is Phillip Rivers doing so bad? And maybe he's washed a little bit. But that's another topic altogether. Uh, okay, next receiver, Zach Pascal from the Colts going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is always a great matchup this year at least. Um, and Pascal was the only wide receiver in the entire NFL last week that played on 100% of his team's offensive snaps. So, first of all, thank you to my colleague, Ryan Weiss, one of the, uh, the fantasy footballers' writers along with me. Puts out an article every week and read that uh, a couple days ago. So that stuck out. And we know Tampa Bay bleeds points to the wide receivers. Uh, even after just an okay week against Jacksonville last week, uh, for Tampa Bay, that is, their defense, they did okay against the Jaguars with Nick Foles for half the game. They still give up the most fantasy points allowed to the receiver position, and it's still uh, 3.8 more points per game to the position than the next closest team, which is the Giants. That's like that's almost 10% more, so that's, that's significant. So, and yes, there were reports uh, just a couple hours ago, actually, that Paris Campbell was at full practice today, and maybe that you know hurts Pascal's upside a little bit. Uh, but still, it doesn't look like T.Y. is going to be back. Ebron is still gone. I think that Pascal will be just fine if you want to play him. One last one um, in the wide receivers is Alan Lazard, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver against Washington. And we had all this talk in the offseason in the past several seasons, honestly, about uh, Aaron Rodgers' number two target. He's going to be a usable guy. And is that going to be MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Is that going to be Geronimo Allison? Well, quietly, it's become Alan Lazard. Um, he's been consistent, if not high number of targets the last couple of weeks. Uh, since week seven, four targets per game. Not great, but you'll take it. And you saw what he did last week against the Giants with a couple of big catches and a touchdown. So I think that Lazard could be played in what is a really good matchup against Washington this week. Okay, enough receivers. On to the tight end. Tight ends, because they do have two. But the main one is Mike Gesicki, Um, going back to the Dolphins versus Jets matchup. And Gesicki, for all the uh, draft hype he had a year and a half ago, he's finally been doing pretty good after a lot of people have given up on him. But he's had at least six targets in five straight games. He's had a touchdown in two straight games. He has nearly a 17% target share since week nine. Uh, week nine is when Preston Williams got hurt. Uh, the last time they played the Jets, uh, he had six targets, six catches, 95 yards. For a tight end, you'll take that all day. And he also has a 9.6-yard average depth of target. Uh, just to put that in perspective, that is the exact same as Treps Kelsey, and it's quite a bit higher than George Kittle, Kittle being at 7.4. So Gasecki is definitely in play. Um, if Gusecki's not available and you're kind of in desperation mode, you need somebody, Ian Thomas for the Panthers. Um, looks like Greg Olson, he's had the concussion. Doesn't look great to play this week. So against Atlanta, you can you could do a lot worse than Ian Thomas. He's kind of the, the dart throw of the week. So, And DSTs, two I want to mention. 
One of them is the Eagles. I mentioned them last week, and they let me down big time. But that was on the road in Miami. It's Miami, but still, it was on the road. Now we are talking about back at home in Philly on Monday night. The Eagles still have a chance. They kind of control their own destiny to win their division, um, believe it or not. And they've been a lot better at home. In fact, their, uh, their opponent's quarterback rating has been 20 points lower in home games than in road games. So that's that's significant. Um, they've only allowed 13.5 points to opposing teams over the last four home games. So, again, much better at home. Um, I had some great Daniel Jones stats about how much he turns the ball over. But the report came out today that it looks like Eli Manning is going to get the start. That's okay. I'm not worried about that. Uh, Eli's played two games this year. He had two touchdowns, two picks, and a fumble lost. So not worried. The other one, uh, this has been all over the place if you follow anybody else's um, fantasy advice. But the Packers, uh, big home favorites against Washington at Lambeau this week. Um, The Redskins quarterback, uh, well, Dwayne Haskins, because that's who it is, has been sacked 18 times in his four starts. So that's that's high. Uh, and the Packers are a good pass rush team. They have the eighth most sacks in the NFL. And then we have the Smith brothers that are providing a lot of that pressure. Uh, but especially Preston Smith, because we have a revenge game with Preston Smith. So, okay. Like I said, that was a lot. I'm going to go over this week, probably. But lots to attack this week. And uh, with all that said, it's time to move on. You avoiding me? Yes, these are the players that I am going to avoid in the first round of the fantasy playoffs, starting at the quarterback position. Let's see how quick I can get through this. So I'm going to, first of all, avoid Mitch Trubisky, even though he has been great the last couple weeks. Uh, the last couple weeks, he's had good matchups. This week, he plays the Cowboys on Thursday night primetime. And the Cowboys, first of all, give up the 10th fewest fantasy points allowed on average uh, to quarterbacks. So not a good matchup this week. And then Trubisky hasn't been good in primetime games. His quarterback rating is 70, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, ran in one touchdown on the ground, but fumbled three times. Um, I mean, the primetime narrative is one thing, but the bigger thing here is the matchup, which just is not good. So I'm not going to trust him. And the other one brings me a lot of pain, and it's Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback going up against Baltimore. It's at home, and I get that. And Josh Allen has gotten me a long way in a lot of leagues this year. But I cannot trust this matchup. And full transparency, I'm probably going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick over him in the playoffs this week. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully better than Nick Foles. But the reason is because the Ravens have been so good. They've given up the fourth fewest points allowed um, on average to quarterbacks. And overall, the third fewest rushing yards all season to quarterbacks. Just one rushing touchdown uh, to quarterbacks as well. And it's not like they haven't played anybody. They've played Kyler Murray. They've played Russell Wilson. They've played Deshaun Watson. Guys that can move and run the ball. And it hasn't worked for them. All right. They've they've shut it down pretty well. So, uh, okay. On to running backs. Uh, I have kind of a theme this week for the running backs that I'm avoiding. Basically, it's any running back that's in a committee with a tough matchup. Because there's a lot of them this week. So I'm going to start off with the Colts backfield going up against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gives up the second fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs. And Indy wants to run, but Tampa Bay kind of commits to taking that away, which means 
they might be passing the ball a little bit more, which I think Jacoby Brissett can do if he has to, and if that's what's open. So that's a thing. Uh, and then we have Marlon Mack might come back this week. And even if he does, I think it's still going to be a committee. Uh, I really don't want to play Marlon Mack on his first week back with that hand injury. I don't know how that's going to be. Uh, I'm not going to trust Jordan Wilkins or Naheem Hines or Williams because that's just too many names to count on in a bad matchup and against a good defense. On the exact other side of the ball, um, really tough to trust the Buccaneers running backs against the Colts. Um, similar situation, except for the fact that Tampa Bay, from all we can tell, does not does not want to run the ball. Uh, they're going to let Jameis keep chucking it. So any of those three Tampa Bay running backs could do well. You can make a case for any of them. Uh, Bruce Arians says that Ronald Jones is still the starter, but he also got pulled last week after he missed a blitz pickup. So he's obviously a very short leash. Payne Barber, two touchdowns last week. That's awesome, but nobody played him, or not many people did. I don't want to play him this week. And Daria Gumbawale catches passes, and he's in there sometimes, but don't want to trust him either. Can't predict it. Don't want to touch it. Uh, the 49ers, uh, Raheem Mostert, just way outplayed Tevin Coleman last week. Um, snaps, yards, everything. Is that going to happen again? Maybe. Uh, I mean, they did pay Tevin Coleman, and then Matt is coming back. Uh, same kind of thing. You can make the case for any of them. And you could also make the case against any of them. Really hard to be confident about. Don't want to play any of them. And then the Chiefs backfield against the Patriots. First of all, we know that matchup is one of the toughest, um, if not the toughest of the season uh, against the Patriots defense. And then is it LaShawn McCoy? Is Damian Williams coming back? Is Darwin Thompson going to be a thing like everybody wants? I don't know. Again, make whatever narrative you want. You can sell any of them but I don't want to trust any of them. So I don't want to play any of them. So kind of vague there, but all those committees, all in tough matchups, don't want to touch any of those guys. Okay. Wide receivers. Uh, first of all, John Brown against the Ravens. So I already talked about that. I don't really trust Josh Allen this week, but let's look at the receiving side of it. So John Brown in the last two games has gotten four targets in each of them. And four targets is not what you want for John Brown. So now he gets here. Here's another revenge game narrative against Baltimore. Uh, if you can tell, I don't always really buy into that revenge game thing. Uh, but the Ravens have been just okay against wideouts overall on the year. Uh, but they've gotten substantially better. So overall in the year, they're just okay. But the last like, oh, I should have written this down. But I feel like it's been six weeks, seven weeks. Basically, whenever they got Marcus Peters and then Jimmy Smith came back and their safeties have been getting healthier and they've just been getting better and better and better. So I don't want to trust John Brown, partly because I don't want to trust Josh Allen. And also John Brown has not been great. He got bailed out by a passing touchdown, as in John Brown threw a touchdown last week. So don't really want to trust him. Um, staying on theme, I guess, Marquise Brown, uh, he had his Best yards output over the past three games uh, at 42 yards. So we have this idea in our head of Marquise Brown just being this huge play, big bomb touchdown guy. But the last, that was that was like the first week or two of the season. He hasn't topped 80, or he has topped 80 yards just three times this season. And the most recent time was four games ago. 
uh, the two touchdowns he had against the Rams on Monday night make him look better than he's been lately. So I don't want to trust him against Buffalo and uh, Tredavious White in that secondary. So uh, moving on, Anthony Miller. He's been awesome lately. He's getting targeted big time. But I said that I am not going to trust Mitch Trubisky. And if I'm not tr- if I'm not trusting Mitch Trubisky, then I'm not going to trust Anthony Miller, who is Trubisky's second best option behind Anthony or behind uh, Allen Robinson. Excuse me. Tight ends. Tight ends was tough this week. It's really hard to like say uh, there's a, a tight end to avoid because you have your top couple, and there's actually it's deeper this week with some guys coming back and and some good matchups. So I'm just going to throw Jared Cook out there. He's been pretty good, and it's, it's hard to bench him if he's been the guy you've been rolling with. But just for um, for sake of argument, he plays the 49ers this week. They've given up the fewest points on season to the tight end position. They've only given up three touchdowns uh, to tight ends on the year. So maybe if you've got a better option, maybe look away from Jared Cook. And then DSTs. Um, the two best defenses on the entire season, I'm going to at least look for better options because the 49ers play the Saints, and that's always tough to trust a team going up against Drew Brees and company in the Superdome. And then the New England Patriots against Kansas City. Um, it was a shootout last year in the playoffs. The weather looks good in Foxborough. It might be a little chilly, but it's going to be calm and not that cold. Last year in the AFC Divisional Round, I mentioned it before, Patrick Mahomes had uh, almost 300 yards and three touchdowns, so I'm not going to trust that. Okay, those are the avoids. Uh, I'm going to be oh, I'm going to be just barely over because I still want to do this outro. So sorry that I'm over 30 minutes this week, but that is it. I'm wrapping it up. If you enjoy this, please subscribe, please rate, please review on whatever format and platform you listen on. Um, we're getting to the home stretch of the season here playoff time i hope i've been having i hope i've been helping some people this year and i hope you stick with me for the for these last couple weeks once again um my name is aaron larson find me on twitter at aa larson and the show on twitter at the process ffp best of luck in the playoffs i hope you all move forward so that you are motivated to listen again next week and until then good luck and i'm out